You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. Mother, my mother, uh, what a surprise. She isn't quite herself today. This is a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Summer Camp at PoppyChuloRadio.com and iTunes exclusive. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. I'm your host and camp director, Maurice Skatewood. Tonight on Summer Camp, we're going to explore some of Hollywood's campiest flicks, cult classic motion pictures, and fan favorite films. Please welcome my co-hosts, our director of residential life, the man from the future, Legionnaire. One cannot behold the face of the Gorgon and live. Alrighty then. And our assistant director, the hip-hop legend himself, Dead Lee. That's right. Beam me up. Beam me up. Okay. Our activity leader, the fabulous Vanetta Berry. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> And our first aid director, the man with the voice, the man with the golden voice, Damien Nova. What's going on, Damien? Hey, baby. Shit, but a chicken wing up in the See what I'm saying? Golden, baby. Golden. <laughs> Platinum. And I, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Double platinum. I'm sorry. Uh, and our head shelf. Head chef Derek Anthony was cooking tonight. Derek, everything tastes better with a little Kentucky bourbon. I'm just telling you. All right, okay, y'all. Everybody's here. Roll call <laughs> is done. So, before we begin, here's one of our campers on our PA system with a few announcements on how you can interact with us via social media. for the intro and sorry for the microphone feedback like us on facebook facebook.com slash p c 
R. Samarkand. Follow us on Tumblr, samarkand-pcr.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Poppy Chula Radio Summer Camp and subscribe. Now, grab some popcorn and some snacks. It's time for your feature presentation. Back to you, camp counselors. Oh, not again. Sorry for the feedback. Thank you. All right, it's time to fire up the film projector so that we can discuss 1956 Forbidden Planet. Here's the official synopsis of the film. When an Earth mission arrives on Altair 4, they find that Dr. Edward Morbius and his beautiful daughter, Altera, are the only survivors from the original expedition that had arrived some 20 years before. Morbius isn't exactly pleased to see them and would have preferred they not even land in their spaceship. He does his best to get them on their way, but Commander Abrams and his men soon face an invisible force leading them to believe that Morbius and the girl are in danger. Morbius claims to know nothing of other life on the planet, but does reveal that once existed a far superior race, now extinct, that left a huge subterranean industrial and scientific complex. So, they were like, you in danger, girl? <laughs> All right. So, as usual, I will ask, had anyone seen this cult classic film before? I have not. Nope. Nope. I have 20, like, 5,000 times. Okay. I thought that I the, had. That, that was the Are y'all out in, in Radio Land? Derek, what did you say? I thought I had, but then it turned out that I had not. Well, I had not really seen it. Of course, I knew who Robbie the Robot was. I guess it's just in my geek DNA. Mm-hmm. And it's his first appearance on on screen. Um, so let's... Let me ask you this. In general, are, are, are any of you sci-fi fans, generally, generally speaking? No. No. That me! Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Yes. Who was, who was like, no, no, that was deadly, right? That was me. I hate sci-fi. And, uh-huh. Whoa! Oh, it was hard. It was hard. Who just gasped? Just, I did. Hard getting through this. <laughs> I mean, he didn't just say I don't like it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Deadly. I still love you though. Deadly. I hate it. I hate sci-fi. I, I can't stand it. it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> God. Oh wow! If I ever do to you. So this movie is a this movie is a classic, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a classic, and I'm going to shock you all just right off the bat, and and just say that to me it doesn't really fit in that same mold as a lot of the quote like bad campy sci-fi movies. No. That out at the time, like, you know, no. The Beast with a Thousand Eyes or, you know, Amazon Women, yeah. you know, Catwoman on the Moon. It, it, this, to me, this movie kind of was like, for the time, was actually pretty, you know, decently made. Even some of the special yeah. effects I was impressed with. Yeah. So, yeah. so starring Leslie Nielsen, who, who was kind of hot back in the day. Who, right? He aged very well. <laughs> Mm, Leslie Nelson aged that. very well. That cowlick let me have it. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, hey, young Leslie, I see you. <laughs> you were like, oh, let me see your neck again, Leslie. Right? <laughs> um, you know, he aged very well. He really did. He mm-hmm. he really did age well. And um, but you know when I when I saw Leslie Nelson's name, I was like, oh my god. I'm probably not even going to recognize him. I was like, right away. I mean, the same. Oh, yeah. He he really didn't change a whole lot. You know, he, he was not like, he didn't go through a kind of like Marlon Brando transformation. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm glad that they chose some of the special effects that they did rather than going with sort of the stuffed monster suit Route. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we know Deadly hates science fiction, so I'm going to direct all my questions to him. Did you ever watch Lost in Space? No. Oh. Did, did you ever watch the original Star Trek? No, I hated Star Trek. I did see <laughs> that this Star Trek definitely bit off of this because I saw that beam me up stuff. I'm like, one of those two bit off each other. I don't know who did what first, but but this, maybe this was the f- first beam me up one. This was about 10 years before Sparge, right? Was it? Yeah. 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 Believe it or not. Even though it's the, the only space thing I've ever liked, the only space thing I ever liked is, uh, and I forget, I think it was The Lost Saucer. It was with Ruth Buzzy and Jim Neighbors. That was still... Mm. I, and I, I should be ashamed of myself for knowing what this is, but that was like the far out wacky space nuts or something yes, like that. Yes, yeah, that's, 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 that's the only th- space thing that's, I like. That's Sid and Marty Croft. That doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I love Planet of the Apes, and that's kind of that's close to sci-fi. Mm. No, so that's definitely yeah. sci-fi. That's, that's more sci-fi. dystopian future. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. It, you know, but it's still it's but, still sci-fi. but it's funny. It's funny you should say that movie because at some point during this movie, I wanted to rename it Planet of the Rapes. Oh, <laughs> oh my listen. Okay. listen. Okay. It is rapey. It you is rapey. That was so disturbing. That, was, not, that was a moment not that was so to. disturbing. <laughs> this, this, this is a sci-fi episode, so we're not going to adhere to linear time. We're going to just jump to where we want to go, okay? We're okay. just going to Punch holes. Oh. 
I was worried for that girl. I mean, <laughs> for her upper lower region. <laughs> and, and the dad didn't even care. Right, like, right. what kind of dad is that? You, you don't even prepare her. Look how yeah. warm you are. Look how you okay, Damien, but now that just took your spot and projected what I was thinking. Like, <laughs> they, were lot, they were like going to line up. You know, I don't want to get to Yeah, well, they were going to gangbanger. Yeah, and it was. Hey, okay, you're back, you're back in. You're back in. Stays for 397 days. <laughs> and you left, them, you left them hang out with your scantily clad daughter. Are you crazy? And she ain't got no yeah. shoes on. <laughs> and he didn't care. And he was just like, whatever. She'd be all right. You know. Yeah. It was just, oh my goodness! And that she was, didn't even know what kissing was, right? Yeah, she, she didn't even understand what being witty was. Like so she knew what it was when, when Leslie like Nelson tested kissing with. I'm like, oh my god, this is disturbing. I can't. She knew what kissing was when Leslie kissed her, right? And because she, she had already been kissing because she had practice God knows who else, but, but she didn't like it. She didn't like it with the other There was guy. no no stimulation. Mm. But she also said she made that comment to um Leslie Nielsen's character. Um, well, you know, when I kiss you, it's not the same as when I'm kissing all the others. Exactly. Right. All of what others. Exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> he got upset. He was like, No. She was yeah. like, Okay, we're gonna get mono at that point. She's gonna get this. Uh, is the space cooties okay? We're gonna give yeah, her yeah. this. We're gonna give out an early award. Give her the Smurfette award because you know <laughs> right. it was only her and like how many of them? Because it was all I know is that she was she was in danger at any given moment. <laughs> the only person she was safe for was Bob Robot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he was too he was too busy giving himself a lube job. Right. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I cried. I was just like, oh my gosh. Did oh, he did say that give myself he an really oil did. Job. I was giving myself an oil check. I said, Wow. I was like, work it <laughs> out, robot. Work <laughs> it out. Robbie was rubbing one out. Go for Robbie it. was was <laughs> Robbie rubs it. That'll be the name of my little alternative <laughs> rock band. Um, good, good. Fun fact. What? The actor that was inside the Robbie the Robot suit almost got fired <laughs> for taking a five cocktail lunch one day and falls <laughs> on in the robot suit. <laughs> but you know, he he's funny because um, you know, a lot of people get him mixed up with the robot from Lost in Space. Which right. I don't understand. How, but they but don't look alike. At all. They don't. Yeah. People they are all about to look alike to most people. And you, and you, the, you know, <laughs> the robot the robot had the robot had the fishbowl head and it had the um the accordion arms. Right. Mm. And it rolled. You know, he rolled. He wasn't walking on, you know, he was too good to be walking, you know. And um he really did come he across. He was drunk. Right. And he acted drunk. 
know, he was always flailing around, you know, <laughs> trying to protect that little boy from that evil gay man. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Leaving that poor child on some planet just like <laughs> on his own. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this movie, I was like, Let's talk about the special effects, like what worked and what didn't. You know, obviously some things they couldn't do, but there were some things I was kind of fascinated with. Like when you first see the uh, salsa, you're like, oh, my God, really? But when it landed, mm -hmm. the light and the blue light. It's, it's, yes. It's, it's yeah, because yeah, for me, yeah. I was able to I was able to take all of the effects in in context right. and in context they were like they were great yeah <laughs> in context to the things that we had seen you know even shortly after this movie mm -hmm. you know so i thought for its time that the effects were really good you could you could clearly see except for that's the first thing i saw when i saw the spaceship i said okay this influenced a whole decade of space right. shows that yes. came after it because that is the same spaceship damn near from Lost in Space. Yes. <laughs> if you remember the original, Lost in Space had two openings. Had two it had two openings. And one of them actually had a spaceship that was shaped like that spaceship. Um, the, it had an animated thing kind of opening. Um, what I thought was, was fascinating was some of the special effects that would kind of hold up like when they were sort of supposedly in that shuttle and they were underground in the shuttle and you saw the lights mm -hmm. and i was like that was really a good effect you can tell when the practical effects were kind of um you know like the monster when he was walking in the feet and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that i mean i thought they get a did it when i look at an old movie like this i'm like did they do a good job of world building or does it look like they're on the sound studio uh, studio sound lot you know mm. in burbank you know um but you know you did kind of feel like they were on some planet that's that's the way i looked at it mm -hmm. yeah because yeah. it's like a lot of times i've watched movies like this and you know you can't help I mean, knowing where special effects are today, you can't help but feel that the effects are cheesy. But this movie didn't give me that. No, it didn't give me that at all. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I did like the invisible monster thing they were fighting. The big old footprints and stuff. Mm-hmm. Sinking in the dirt. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. What was that? Just a monster? Was that a monster? What was it? That, that was yeah. the monster. That was the, yeah. That was the id. The id, yeah. The monster of the id. And it was cool because in a way it also gave me it gave me it made me think of um, the first the very first alien movie because you never really get a good look at what it is, but it's out there, but it's there and present enough to still scare the crap out of you to know that there's mm -hmm. something terrifying out there, even though you don't really see what it is. So that, that was that was I kind of like that they played it that way that you never really get a good look at what it what it is that apparently killed all these people and was gonna be back to kill all the kill some more folks. Yeah. Did at as, any point go ahead, Vanetta? Well, as an animation major, I really enjoyed the way that they um, created the effects of this transparent but 
slightly corporeal entity that they were shooting at. It was very nice, and I, I can tell, like, the ways that they did it, and it was really fun to look at because in in school we learned about this type of animation that no one does anymore. So it was just really, it felt like a, a history lesson. It, for, for some weird reason, it reminded me of Dormammu from uh, Doctor Strange. Yes. I was like, wow. It was like, wow. It, really, it reminded me of, of, of Dormammu a little bit. The way they did it. Um, well, you know what? Fun, fun nerd fact about that monster in that movie, because I've seen this movie a thousand times. It's sort of why I'm being quiet, because I love this movie. Um, <laughs> but the the one one thing, like, if you've ever seen the old X-Men cartoon, the 90s X-Men cartoon, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's an episode where um, Lady Deathstrike and the Reavers come to open this spaceship. And they don't know what's in the spaceship and it just says danger on it in some other language. Um, And when Lady Deathstrike scratches it, the same monster from this movie comes out of that spaceship. And it was a little homage to this movie because, you know, I mean, before, you know, the day the Earth stood, the um, Earth stood still or um, them or body snatchers before, like, before those movies, all of the sci-fi movies were really cheesy and corny looking, even after it mm-hmm. and during those times, like the movies mm-hmm. were really cheesy because they didn't have the budgets. Right. Whereas, um, you know, when you had Ed Wood making a sci-fi movie, you know, it was going to have, you know, <laughs> a vampire and an octopus and then they were going to make it work. Whereas with this one, it so oversteps everything that you think you know about 50s sci-fi films from the animation to the um, the flying saucer, which looks cheesy in space, but once it lands and then they open the doors and the guys come out, you get a you right. get a sense of scale that you know the actual size of the spaceship because of, of course ship. it looks like a tiny little ship in in space, but then once it lands and the people come out, it's like oh wow, that's a really big fucking ship. So it's like <laughs> it's like it 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 sort of blows it blew my mind as a kid because I totally had this the preconceived notion that those all those movies in the back uh, you know back then were so cheesy and corny and everything you could see the strings on everything and even the the inside of his laboratory where he had all those little gadgets and he made the the steel doors come up and everything is like those things those little nuances in this movie are brilliant and they they totally changed the game as far as sci-fi is concerned. The day the, the day the Earth still started it, but this movie, I think that's why everybody remembers not seeing it or remember thinks they remember seeing it, but not because it's so engraved. Mm, it was, yeah, it was so influential in so many other yeah. movies. Yeah, Absolutely. we can't, I mean, TV shows, everything from, I mean, there are, just like I said, there are X-Men influences, there are Star Trek influences, there, you see everything in this movie. And it's like, wow, th- like, holy shit, like, this movie really changed the game for sci-fi on the big screen, you know? And it's it's an important film. I I mean, it's rapey. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's rapey, but... Aside from the rapiness. Right. Yeah. <laughs> also, also to, to that point, they really were trying to psych you out 
In other words, they were trying to make you think, okay, because the doctor already said, he's like, there's something on this planet that's killing people. It killed all my shipmates and blah, blah, blah. I think they were trying to psych us out to make us believe that it was the girl. Yes. Because she was, she was so, she was so robotic that either, either if it wasn't the girl, it was the girl's influence on the crew. So it's like they start they were maybe going to start attacking each other and kill each other over this girl and it sort of psyched you out to make you think that was going to happen and it didn't once the thing showed up <laughs> it was like oh no okay so it's not and you still kind of thought was, it was her but then they see, that's, do the, it. that's the weird thing i i that was there was one thing that kind of disappointed me was that in the, from the very beginning i knew it was him i didn't know how it was him but i knew it was him Right. And the rest yeah. of the movie was just like, okay, so how did he, how did he do it? Because he, because even in the very beginning, he talked about how, you know, they voted against everything that he would have loved in terms of being able to stay on that planet with his wife. And it was like, oh, okay, so you really, really, really wanted to stay. And then everybody ended up dead but you. <laughs> One by one, everybody got <laughs> right, so it was like, okay. So at that right. point, it was like, okay, you clearly have killed all these people, but how did you do it? Was is was right. was the whole rest of the but film? Then, but, but but I mean, the, but even that didn't take away from it. It was just one of those things where I knew right off the gate that this man clearly killed all these people. Or, yeah. or that he was maybe protecting the daughter, and he couldn't take her back because she was the source of the. She was the monster. You know, yeah. Yeah. Because because again, it was he had been there for quite some time. So mm-hmm. was was she even was she even born at the time that you know the I mean they didn't really clarify when people died, just eventually everybody would die and then his wife died of natural causes. When did she Well he married his wife on the planet? On the ship. Right. But yeah. when, when was she born? Was she born well, she's nineteen. Right? Was she? Was she a child? She was nineteen, so immediately. <laughs> yeah, he would. She said he said he had been there nineteen years. Yeah, and so that why they she had couldn't have been more there? than nineteen. Right. right. So that's why. So was she like, was. So his wife was pregnant on the ship, basically. So we've advanced so much that now we can travel pregnant women on spaceships. Which right. but, you know, yeah, yeah, and that's why it being the girl that just never occurred to me because of I mean, clearly all these people had died would have died at some point before she would have been I hear you I think I think even even if she was a child and a monster I think I mean that's something they did in the 50s all the time they made children monsters all the time you know the village of the damned and you know all those sort of demon child movies yeah well that was the 70s but they like (laughs) <laughs> but they like they always made like they didn't have a problem with making a child evil in the 50s. So that wouldn't have shocked me if they had sort of like, well, every since she came out of the womb, she was killing people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that. Would, <laughs> that would yeah, have but, shocked yeah, me but for the purposes of the movie, that would have been that would have been a, that would have been a harder sell for me. It would have been I mean, more I, of a I horror movie than a sci fi movie. Right. right. That would have been a harder sell because, I mean, in the context of the movie, how he ended up killing all of them. I mean, it just made it. It made perfect sense, even though I didn't know it at the time. By the time we got to the end, it was like, oh, okay, I, I get it. You know, he yeah. he was fucking around with these machines and, you know, got his yeah, brain yeah. expanded and got so caught up in the fact that he he wasn't trying to leave that it was like, okay, well, I'm going to subconsciously make sure that I don't have to leave. That means he wasn't trying to leave and tell nobody about what I got here. <laughs> 
Right. But I think the best thing about how they did it was, um, yeah, you do eventually go, well, he killed these people, and you want to know how and why. The best thing they could have done, they did. They made it a separate entity rather than have him transform yeah. into some stuffed animal costume monster. Absolutely. You know, like you know, and and so that way they didn't have to put bad makeup on him or make him get into right. some costume and stuff. Right. It was no. it was really done done really well. Right. Um, Can we talk about that coffee maker? So, go ahead, <laughs> that coffee maker in the future is pretty whack. Come on, it looked like a little percolator or something. Yeah, si- what was that, man? Right, the giant beaker. <laughs> yeah. Well, everything was pretty glassy and and see through and metally um, <laughs> as far as their idea of what 21st century technology was going to look like. Yeah, and I think they got it all wrong. They got that all a wrong. bit. Well, I mean, it is, it, it, according to them, it's, it's the 20, 20, 20 first, well, it's 2200 AD. The end, the end of the 21st century. Yeah, so they were. it was like, oh, well, you know, we might end up going back to just using a regular pot and food. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, the cook was talking about throwing a, oh, it's like going on a planet with um, where we all we can do is uh, play throw rock at the tin can and we have to bring our own tin can and I'm thinking okay so y'all still using tin in the year t- <laughs> and, excuse me can I take a second to talk about the cook oh, yes Sergeant Bill yes Bill yes. yes I know exactly who that was Um, who was way too involved in everything going on outside the kitchen what, wasn't he though? As, as someone who has been to culinary school <laughs> and has had to feed a number of people on the regular, you are the only person in the kitchen. You have three meals to prepare. All that time outside, touching things, talking to robots, <laughs> drinking your drink, sipping your sip. You really right. ain't got time for that. You got shit to right. prep, dude. Get There's your a little potato somewhere. Helen's a whiskey maid. <laughs> right. I, I just assume he had the robot helping him out. He just pushed buttons. Yeah, he was back there just pushing buttons, though. Yeah, he wasn't really cooking anything because he didn't. He never looked dirty enough to be cooking anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he just he was just back there pushing buttons for them, and you know he was a glorified button pusher. Right. He was. But, back you know he was a, he was the first rapey acting person in the movie. Did you notice that? Yeah, he was the first. I one. I thought the doctor was more rapey than him, like right out the gate, because he was. No, but like, he was the first one talking about where the women, where the, where the, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no women, no no pool halls. Y'all still playing pool in the year twenty two hundred? Help me understand. <laughs> pool is what is this future? They made a spaceship. They couldn't well, figure out what games to play too. But this, I mean, when you when you. <laughs> When you think about when, like, the show Lost in Space, uh-huh. when, they, when they went into space, wasn't it like 1987? Like, it was like sometime, like, I had this argument with someone. It was like, no, it was way in the future. I'm like, well, in 1950 something, that was way in the future. Yeah, I think it was like 1980. 
Yeah, I yeah, think it was, it was like in the 80s. Seven or something. It was yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. Yeah. So, I mean, most sci-fi shows and movie do, movies do take from the time that they were made. It wasn't like... Sure. It wasn't like until Aliens where they, like, created a whole... Well, Star Wars. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but Star Wars had a lot of... 70s. I would give it to Star Wars first. Yeah, but, I mean, it still had 70s sort of influences, you know, and the hairstyles and the, you know, mm. some of the, some of the, you know... Um, but like some, some of the some of the conveniences in Star Wars, like being able to push a button and you get milk, or you know playing a playing a chess game that's all holo, you know a hologram, you know shit like that. It was like they weren't really thinking about that in the fifties. They were just like, okay, well we can just play regular chess in the movie, right? Okay, right. What I like to point out about Star Wars is like Star Wars is not the future. It's that is true. It is. It is a. Well, it's a different. It's a it's different like, universe. It's probably completely in in a, 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 a right. civilization that already went through its cycle and died out even before ours started. You know what I mean? This it's, is true. This is true. You know, it's true. so I don't look. I don't look at it. Even though it had like obvious, it had like chess and it had things that we would kind of recognize. But I always think of it as a civilization that came and went before ours even begin. You know. Or, or whatever, but but like with stuff like this and Lost in Space and Star Trek, and so they were very of the time, mm. yeah, very very of the time, yeah. But I thought this movie did kind of a good job of not coming across as too, you know, because you didn't have like go go boots and many. Oh, that's more sixties, but you know, it, you you didn't have her like. Well, she did. She did look like a, a go-go dancer in that little dress she had on at first. Um, that she designed herself. That she designed herself with the robot tilt. Because just telling him what you want on a dress does not make you a designer. Of course, that's, that's what <laughs> that's what most people think is a designer right now. Anyway, but she, <laughs> she, was, a, she was a celebrity designer. Right. Put rhinestones all over it and make it cover me from head to toe. I'm a designer. We took a white. She took a long white shirt to put a rip in it. I designed it. And I'm sorry, there was some shade in his response to her too. Again, right. she, she she must have a new dress right away. Yeah, he was not happy. He was like, not happy. He's like, girl. Like, well, I got other shit I gotta be doing. I could be moving myself right now. Texting it again. <laughs> he was like, we got diamonds and, and, and rubies. You're gonna have to work with that because sapphires take too damn long to be. <laughs> <laughs> For this man you trying to impress. Right. Can you explain what, what was that whole little point with the the, uh, the deer and the antelope singing and stuff out there. All that <laughs> stuff. I kind of felt like it was some kind of half attempt at them implying that they had created some new Garden of Eden kind of... For the fact, yeah. Because notice, she was innocent until she started kissing those men. And, and then, then that uh-huh. tiger was going to tear oh, her ass her, 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 <laughs> her, her, yeah. her face. <laughs> yeah, there w- there was an Eden allegory in that whole thing. Like the, yeah. 
the whole yeah, serpent sure. being, you know, the idea of man and or this. So, yeah, there was definitely an allegory. I mean, it was a couple allegories in it. <laughs> so, like if you, if don't you, go don't go to a prison rodeo in a short dress. That's sort of the other allegory. <laughs> rapey, rapey, rapey. He's yeah. not seen a woman. It's, right, Vanetta. Too bad they didn't have the other robot. Right, like, 378 days. So, and they tied <laughs> Will Robinson. Will She would have been like, why is the robot calling me Will Robinson? Don't worry about it, girl. Just don't get raped, you know. Yeah, it was, it was like very, very odd for a moment there. But... You know, and then there was also the allegory, like, if you think it's sin, then it makes it real, even if you don't think you committed it. You know, that was kind of the Dr. Morbius yeah, yeah. Uh, thing. Uh, but, um, what? okay, we talked about the effects. What, which ones do you think were more effective? The practical effects? And correct me if I'm not using the right terminology. The, the practical effects or, like, the animation and, and that? Those kind of effects. I enjoyed the animation. I don't know. I, I couldn't pick one over the other. I, I enjoyed them all for the most part. Yeah, they worked well together. Uh, especially um, when you look at the spaceship landing. You see it landing and it's sort of wobbly on strings. But then that animation pops in and it's like, oh, okay, right. wait a minute. Exactly. <gasps> I buy this, you know, so right. it's... It's sort of a combination of the two with the monster coming through, trying to get through the gate, and they were shooting at, at him to get back. And you believe that that thing is there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I mean, I mean, you don't believe it, believe it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it feels tangible. It feels like right. it's sitting there because it's knocking over shit. It's knocking over trees. And it's not, right. you know what I'm saying? It's, which, it wasn't. Which kind of leads to my next question. And this happens in, in, in all types of media. I call it the maybe this bullet will be the one. So we've been shooting this oh, thing. Why? We've been shooting yeah. this thing for seven hours and thirteen days, <laughs> and it has not fallen over yet. So Doom has already seen two people go down. So he decides he's gonna run up on it closer. <laughs> his angle of shot is going to be maybe it will be this shot <laughs> and he got taught right. I'm going to be the Tasmanian devil I'm going to be the one that beats up Batman right I'm going to be the one that knocks out Wolverine you know mm-hmm. All the other people said there were no arms and legs cut off. They 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 didn't know what they were doing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk up and punch Wolverine in the face, and you know, it's it's always it's always that. But it was yeah. like, it was, it was not. You got the you got the sense that there weren't a whole whole lot of people on this mission. It could only been like 25, 30 of them. Huh? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, if, I was gonna say 15, 20, Yeah. Right, oh, if that, on, like, on, on why the are they, like lining up yeah. to get off? Yo, the, he John was in command of eighteen competitively selective, super perfect 
physical right. specimens with an average age of 24.6 who have been locked up in hyperspace for 378 days. Listen. <laughs> well, that hyperspace is an age that ass is 10 years. Well, he said an average, an average age. So, oh, so okay. some could be older, some could be younger. You never know. That reminds me. At the beginning of the movie... Yeah. At the beginning of the movie, did any of the sound effects make anybody else's ears bleed? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it was the fifties. They had like two instruments that they used, and and right. like, like it was like the same. It was the same yeah, thing. Was somebody, like, playing, somebody playing on a saw to make the sound. I was like, yeah. Ow! 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 <laughs> I just kept thinking, why the theremin? Please, no more theremin. <laughs> so the the one part where it looked a little bit like they were in a teleporter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that they were was the only two. part where I was kind of like, okay. Like and I think it was because my yeah yeah, and I think my brain because my brain has been you know conditioned by Star Trek. It's like mm-hmm. they're still there, you know. <laughs> 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 they were in a broken. Uh, they were in a broken transporter or something. Right. But I, I was, like the music. I downloaded it already in my my music. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I, I like that. It, uh, it was, <laughs> and this was like this was a movie that had the first completely electronic film score, electronic music score. Mm, yep, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna play that when I'm sitting on the toilet. Wow. Okay. Oh, that was but, a, but, a, a very interesting <laughs> share there. Thank you. And thank you. <laughs> so anyway, I think I love you just a little bit more for that. <laughs> well, I mean, one thing I did like was that the movie wasn't scored like a typical fifties movie. You know, it wasn't it wasn't scored like a musical, or it wasn't everything wasn't scored. Like you turn to look, and there was a. Or, or someone's, you know, she walks in and there's a violin solo, or, or, you know, you I know, it's pretty atypical for the sci-fi films of the time. You know, they weren't. I mean, other than, I mean, the War of the Wars had a had a huge score. Like that thing was, yeah. you know, dun 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 dun. Where like most of these in the late fifties, early sixties, they were real minimal. Like it yeah. had like maybe a, a quartet. And then, like people making sound effects, like it was like like playing the theremin or the or the or the saw or something, or like you know, it it didn't have a TV score where it was like boom, 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 boom. you know, it wasn't right. it wasn't it wasn't quite that bad, but it was like it was like I don't know, it was pretty, it was pretty, I don't know, I, I thought it was, I don't know, it, it sounded like most of them that I that I'm familiar mm-hmm. with from. Like Night of the Blood Beast or like Horrors of Spider Island or any of those old movies is it sounded pretty much the same. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, into for the t- for the time and for the type of movie it was, it was not as melodramatic either. Like there weren't like a whole there weren't like close ups on her face where the screen was like glossed up, you know, or right. She didn't scream with her hand in front of her mouth mm. and, and stuff like that. It was, it <laughs> yeah, was, that's you know, And she never had a bubble <laughs> helmet on either. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they have a bubble helmet on, on the, when they can breathe the atmosphere. You know, it's just like. Yeah. 
I'm just wearing a bubble helmet because I can, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, if, if anything was kind of typical and some of her outfits and stuff were a little, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, give them Bring that. So, Something they couldn't help, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. But, you know, I think they threw away a lot of the tropes that a lot, like you said, the bubble helmet that never made any sense. Like yeah. you're going on this planet where you are not supposed to breathe air and then you take it oh i guess i can breathe the air and it's like okay well you were doing fine in that bubble helmet but then you look at the suit and the bubble helmet doesn't really connect to the suit so right. all they have is it's this thing on pop. their head yeah <laughs> so it's, I never yeah I, the bubble helmet because where do you put it when you don't need it right all right listen <laughs> like I said, they threw away a lot of those tropes. A lot of the irrational again. Yeah, <laughs> they threw away a lot of that. So I, I think that's why I appreciate this one more than a lot of the other ones because it did take risks and say, you know what? No, we're not going to do that because that's stupid, and we don't want you to see the strings. Even though in, there is mm-hmm. one part where. You do see them for a minute, like when the dude gets sucked up by the magnet, the the yeah. cook. Yeah. yeah, when he gets sucked yeah. up by the magnet, you can actually see the string just for a split second. Yeah. But right. through the rest of it, you know, it's like wow, I don't see, I don't see. And there's a moment where you see the eclipse. That to me, that was something that had never been done before in space. Usually, it's just black and dots, but with mm-hmm. this one, it actually showed them going around a sun, and it was like. Wow, okay, that's different. <laughs> that was real different. So I don't know. I love this movie. Gushing. And I, I agree when um you said that I thought the practical effects and the animated effects did complement each other. You know, even though you know there were certain ones where it's just like, okay, you realize at the time that they could only show the tiger being disintegrated even the way they did that was mm-hmm. was was very and that scene was actually really interesting yeah to me you know mm-hmm. the, the scene where the tiger first showed up kind of made me like whoa did anybody you know. else see through the tiger ever so briefly? yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah he's, he's a little translucent but you know they couldn't Just they didn't have the tiger. ability to ch- train tigers oh no <laughs> to not be <Right>. her <laughs> right <laughs> look, people, look, look back in the 50s we're not gonna have that rational conversation with tony at that time look, right. back in the 50s was probably safer to have a live animal because you could beat them without getting peter on your ass it's now you gotta wear yeah but you gotta beat beat the tiger why he's got her in his jaws put her right. down Put right. her down. Right. <laughs> Shaking her like a rag doll. Bad tiger. I saw that monkey got zapped. You see the monkey get zapped? <laughs> yes. That little monkey was just like, why am I here? No, they used some kind of dark gun or something to this scare the hell is, out that monkey. This is not Disney. Somebody call my agent. <laughs> This is not yeah. what you promised. They told me this was Pippi Longstock, and they got me on some damn. No, Pippi Longstock came after that. So, yeah. we talk about why are, you, why are you laughing at me? Who's laughing at me? Is that deadly? 
Um, I'm laughing at you too. I'm laughing with so, you. So when when we talk about influences, my first thing that comes to my mind when I watch this is Lost in Space because Lost in Space just it you can just see it like clearly lifted from this. Yep. Yeah. Um. And um, like, verbatim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you and you wonder. I mean, but a lot of the sci-fi back then was kind of... A lot of it was similar. I mean, Lost in Space was basically based off of Robinson Caruso. Right. Or, or the Swiss Family Robinson. Swiss, I'm sorry. Fam- Swiss, Swiss Family Robinson, just like in space. Um, but I mean, like like a lot of the look of the show and, and stuff was kind of reminded me of this. Even though I think this had better effects. The suits were very similar. The, the uniforms that the that the crew wore were very similar to some of those uh, fashion choices that the uh, uh, that the Robinsons wore on Lost in Space. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. they, but then they switched to like velour, like crushed yes, velvet, did. like yeah. V-necks, crushed velvet kind of mm-hmm. looks. Like the tight ass pants. Yeah, it <laughs> left nothing to the imagination. Pull, pulled up to their, pulled up to their, uh, pulled up to their nav- navel. Are those pants left something to the imagination? Because you know they used to make people wear two or three pairs of underwear back then. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. You know, everybody and, had a vagina. Yeah, everybody had camel toe or moose knuckle. <laughs> I bet you want to call it. <laughs> moose knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so I'm sure Guy Williams had to wear something in the front because I just have the feeling that Guy Williams was not short short changed in this life or the next. Uh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> never thought about Guy Williams in that way. <laughs> really? Well, no. <laughs> and, and, I mean, even when he was going wrong. No. Even when he was what? Zoro. Oh. Well. No. No comment. No. Yeah. Everybody don't have a Zoro. The cheese stands alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I hear what you're saying. That lost in space, like even with the doctor, like with Doctor Zachary, um, was it Doctor Zachary Smith? Doctor Smith. Like, yes. and then the robot, and then like it, it was, it was like they saw the movie and they were like, okay, how much of the rights can we steal? Like, <laughs> we need to use. So many things in that. I mean, the kid got on my damn nerves in that show. I hated Lost in Space because of that well, kid. Mainly, the funny thing is, Lost in Space when that show was made, um, it actually was a hit show. Star Trek was never a hit show. Lost in Space no. was a hit show. It got better ratings. Yeah. It, it, you know, and Lost in, because one Lost in Space had they were all huge stars. Even Angela Cartwright, mm-hmm. the kid, mm-hmm. the two kids were huge stars. Right. And, uh, and, and of course, and of course, you had um, June Lockhart and and uh, and the other characters uh, who also I don't know how long, how popular Mar- what's her name Martha Hansen or something the mm-hmm. girl yeah I don't Marta know if she was a, Marta, the, I don't know if she was a huge Kristen Martha Kristen yeah yeah but everybody else on the show were were huge stars so um, yeah it just didn't age as well as Star Trek. Yeah. 
It, no. It, it, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but you it, know, it's a hard watch now. It is hard to watch Lost in Space now. Star Trek, I can sit through. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, yeah. and I loved, and I loved it for its time. But yeah, I, sure. I, can, I can't, I can't watch it. <laughs> I can't watch it again the way I could watch. You know, I tried. I went on Hulu and said I'm gonna watch it from the beginning. Mm. And I didn't last very long. Yeah, that's, you know, but, that's a hard. Once, once the nostalgia, once the nostalgia wears off, right? Kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. But I can watch. I, I can watch Bewitch every day. <laughs> well, I yeah. Watch, I mean, you know. Now you all know there's going to be a new Lost in Space on Netflix. Oh, no, don't do it. So, but you know what? <laughs> First of all, it's Netflix. Netflix tends to do pretty good. No. <sighs> Second of all, they're changing some things up. Dr. Smith is going to be a woman played by Parker Posey. I'm kind okay. of Let's just remember for every Luke Cage, there is a Hemlock Grove. At mm. least five Hemlock Groves. Like Netflix has <laughs> like they have no listen, like they have they have a hit and then they got twenty misses. It's like you <laughs> like I, I have know. sat like all day and tried to sit through an episode each of something that was on Netflix. I'm like, oh my God, Netflix is horrible. <laughs> Cause it's like I mean a uh, Netflix original though, or did they just pick it up? What Hemlock? What? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good question. I, I don't know because I don't watch TV anymore. But <laughs> some of the shows that are Netflix originals aren't really—they're like exclusive to Netflix, but they aren't made by Netflix. Right. But then you have the ones that are actually made by Netflix, and those are the ones that tend to be pretty good, actually. Hmm. But they have to green light them. Like they have to yeah. be like, yeah, okay, we want that on our channel. And if you say some shit like that, and then you put it on your channel, then it's a Netflix show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Breakable Kimmy Schmidt, for example, made by mm-hmm. Tina Fey. Yes, uh, they shot it and everything, and mm-hmm. it was supposed to be on NBC. But NBC yeah. saw it and said, we don't really have any place for this because you know we're NBC and we're in fifth place. And we really can be picky and choosy. Um, and so Net so Tina Fey shopped it around and Netflix said, Oh, this is great, we'll buy this. And they did, right. and it was a smash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Then there's some so. other shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get a list from you later on of what the other shit is. <laughs> right now, I mean, but later on. It's there's so many bad shows on that on that channel. I, I I like Netflix for what they're doing, but just like with any other channel on television, you get one or two shows that are just amazing, and then the rest of them are filler. And Netflix is no different. It's just you know right. they just happen to have more options. Of well, shit. you know you got you got like those shows that like I like since eight. Um, you know, I know a lot of people don't watch it, but I like it. I, oh, Sense Eight was oh, that was yeah. fierce. That was fierce. Ugh. That was awesome. So, there's been kind of a return to like space movies lately, like yes. people sort of being stranded in space or lost in space, or 
being woken up out of their cryogenic sleep and having dates in space and it's kind of a move away from like the monster of the week <laughs> kind of sci-fi which I kind of like you know I like I like I like you know alien type stuff um do you think that sci-fi is getting watered down other than the whole Star Trek Star Wars stuff which to me is kind of I, I I don't think so. I I actually I looked at um some of the offerings that the Sci-Fi Network has, the Sci-Fi Channel has, and I said, okay, I don't like everything you're doing, but I'm glad you're going in that direction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because for a long time, and I understand that they were run by someone who. The NBC again at some point put somebody in charge of the Sci-Fi Channel who didn't like science fiction, and that's right. how we got wrestling and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, but whoever's in charge of it now is a sci-fi person. They've right. greenlit a bunch of stuff, and again, I don't like everything that they're doing, but it's all in that realm, so mm-hmm. I can appreciate it. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think after Firefly, and I enjoy any time they take chances. Yeah. Yes. After, after Firefly, it seemed like they were quitting. It just seemed like with fire with the cancellation of Firefly, it was like, damn, you have a good sci-fi show here. It's it's div- like diversity thick. Like you have all these different types of people on this show, and then you cancel it after the first season and put out a movie that barely did the same numbers and. And then they were like, okay, well, no, we're not going to do it anymore. And it's like, oh, okay. And then they started doing shit like the Sarah Connor Chronicles. And it was like, what is, what is this nonsense? It's just, it, they were, they were taking the easy road by stealing from films and trying to make TV shows out of them instead of just creating new and exciting TV shows, where, right. which is what they're trying to do now, which makes a lot more sense. I don't, like I said, like he said, I don't, I don't agree with everything that they're doing. I think some of that shit is mad corny and way too convoluted and just sort of the way TV is now where they stretch out one story over 10 episodes. It's, you know, it's definitely not what it used to be where you could have each episode had a different story. You know, it's, it's, it all has a game of Thrones syndrome where it's got to all be one giant cinematic (laughs) universe. And I blame a lot of that on Marvel. You know, Marvel has made it okay for sci-fi to all interconnect. And we all have to be all the come, the continuity has to be this. And it's, they're more concerned about that than they are about just making good stories around good characters. But how can you blame Marvel yeah, for that? I was gonna say, Marvel uh, did it and Marvel did it and Marvel no. did it well and they didn't tell No, everybody. I'm not they saying they're tell, not doing it well. I'm just saying that everybody's trying to do that. Yeah, they didn't tell DC to run out and try to make a uh, Oh, I ain't even talking about DC. I let's not even mm mm I'm not that DC they got their head up their ass. I ain't even talking about DC. But I'm just talking about sci-fi chan- sci-fi shows in general are taking that trope and trying to recreate it instead of just doing what they do best. You know Where what I- it is? I think a lot of the sci-fi shows, they wanted to move away from that whole monster of the week formula. Mm-hmm. 
So they wanted to make more expansive storylines. Um, they they didn't want to do the alien of the week uh, thing, you know. Uh, fingers you can, people coming you can, back. You can still do that and still have an expansive storyline, but you got to have good writers to 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 pull it off. Yeah, and, um, and there's that. But you know, okay, so we look at the evolution of of sci-fi movies like this uh, Forbidden Planet, which is very 50s. And then we have new, newer movies who was that like Starship Troopers, who was that was based on a very old type of sci-fi, too. Right. And, and, it, and it can still it can still work. I mean, you just have to up. You definitely have to update the female characters because, you know, yeah, usually yes. they were you know, <laughs> just there as, as you know, whatever objects of, of everyone's desire or objects to be rescued and then be everyone's object of desire, you know. So, with that being said, this movie was actually, actually nominated for some big awards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, nominated for an Oscar for Best Effects, uh Special effects Arnold Gillespie, Irving G. Rise, and Wesley C. Miller. It was also an Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, USA, a Saturn Award nominee. Oh, that's from 2007? Wow. Our best DVD classic film release. And the National Film Preservation Board, USA, National Film Registry winner in 2013. So people still uh, appreciate this movie so why don't we give out a few awards of our own yay nay sure (laughs) (laughs) and I'm gonna start it off with the worst use of nudity (laughs) oh (laughs) oh Altera's little little Uh, swim scene yeah (laughs) Oh, oh, my God. God. oh, yeah. But not really. <laughs> right. <laughs> she was giving you faux, faux nudity. Yes. It was It was kind of a mess. <laughs> um, real nudity, and that wasn't it. Hey, that naked. had never been done before. So. Like I'm naked, wink, wink. <laughs> How about the... <laughs> Probably would have a, a feminist icon... Uh, award. We, we haven't given that out in, in a minute. <laughs> there is no feminist icon in, in this uh, movie. There is uh, uh, the doctor. The doctor was, was kind of fem. No, he was not a feminist icon, though. <laughs> I, I'd say the robot was closer to that. This uh, is word. Yeah, that's word. What about the diva? I think the robot might have won the diva award too. Oh, absolutely. Mm. And the and the best read, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When he told that girl again, that was just that was the read for me. <laughs> I was like, Miss Robot, you better you, you better throw I'm robot. For you three times. Where were you? You better throw robot shade. <laughs> so okay, we have to have what was the that so retro moment? Would be the coffee. Oh yeah, that so, coffee pot. Yeah. <laughs> that percolator. I would say yeah. that in Altera. Mm. The just she was just retro. She was giving you 
Uh, and she didn't have shoes on. Ever. At all. I don't know ever. why it bothered me so, but it did. I, like, I understand that. Because she, she was... She was Eve. She was Eve. She didn't wear shoes. She didn't understand shoes. <laughs> but she could whip, but the hair was about her shoes. But the hair was wet. But her hair was beat. But well, shoe, but everybody had real cream in their hair in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what was the most shocking moment? Uh, when Leslie Nielsen blamed that girl for her possible rape. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. It told her it would have served her right if he, if they had all raped her. It would have served her right. If they drug you out yeah. back and had you, he it would have been all your fault. <laughs> yeah. He did not say it like that. Y'all act like he, 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 he did. He did. He did. He did. He was chastising her like a child. Only person, not just <laughs> man, the only person she has ever been around. In her in her teenage and adult life is her father, who was never gonna touch her. And now, you now her daddy kissed her on the child. cheek. I saw her daddy kiss her on the cheek. Yes, on the cheek. Mm-hmm. Very father knows better. <laughs> and now you are blaming this child for dressing in the clothes that she always dresses in because y'all be come up in her house to possibly rape her. Right. Okay. <laughs> so are we gonna I guess the big question is how would she even know how to dress like that? Right. <laughs> like I'll, 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 you don't know what women wear. How do you even Okay. Are they talking uh, so are we talking about what what the people like to call now slut shaming? Is that what he was doing to her? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he was slut shaming her, yeah. That, that was you come around here dressed like that, then you deserve to be raped. Okay. Right. Thank you, Donald exactly. Trump. Thank you, what Donald Trump. Oh Lord. And speaking of pussies, what about the cat jumping at her face? That was kind of shocking. And this 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 tiger diving up for her head. That was kind of shocking moment. Yeah. You know. Not dabbing. So mm. who was the who was the queen of shade? Oh, we already gave the vote about that one. Dr. Morbius was kind of a shady queen, though. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was real oh, under the umbrella, like first. I yeah, think, he was. Uh, I mean, I, certainly in the in the in the respect that he was like, okay, I need you girls off my planet as soon as possible. Right. <laughs> a very Get your good, shit done and hit it. <laughs> we did forget I, a very good I read when Dr. Morbius came out of the lab and he said. The silver's in the kitchen. Yes. In <laughs> her jewels on her dresser. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think Dr. Morbius and the robot were bumping purses the whole movie. You know, them two were bumping pur- purses the whole movie. You know, so they both get the Queen of Shade Award. So the sexiest moment, this is our final category, the sexiest moment. Um, when the cook looked at Robbie the robot for bringing him all that booze, right, for bringing him all that booze, <laughs> you didn't you didn't think when the robot said he was late because he was giving himself a uh, a lube job. <laughs> a lube it was a job. romance. So, 
Because that was self because that was self love. <laughs> and that's not yeah. sexy. And when the cook, it can be, but the, not all the time. Really, not all the time. Really, and you can say it anytime you need something. I'm there to do it for you. Okay. Yeah. Right. It was a bromance. It was definitely a bromance it going on, budding. Okay. <laughs> kind of hot. Well, there's already been, been a movie called Power Tools, so we'd have to think of another name for the robot in the Cook's uh, movie title if they made one. Um, all right, y'all. So let's rate this one on a scale from one to ten marshmallows. Uh, let's start with you, Deadly. <laughs> I feel bad even voting because I, you know, I'm not big sci-fi. But I was gonna give it a four, but then I dropped it down to a three because I was thinking about their tacky gray costumes that weren't even cute. So, yeah, they were well. So I'm giving though. it a three. I'm giving it a three. Marshmallow. <laughs> yes, they were well he had to say, why did he have to add the not even cute after you said tacky and gray you didn't even have to add the not even cute up it <laughs> those shoulder pads things were not working whatever those things clipped on there mm. Mm. all right <laughs> okay okay Vanetta. i um <laughs> i think that my, I think that I was probably going to give it a five marshmallows because it wasn't my favorite movie, but I can see all the other movies that came off of it. Um, and Gene Roddenberry even interviewed and said that this was his inspiration. So I thought that it was that was a good starting point. Okay. Let's go to Legionnaire. I would have to give it. Uh, I would have to give it an eight and a half because uh, I really did enjoy the movie. I really liked being privy to you know a piece of cinema that influenced so much. Uh, I mean, I mean, of course, I mean, Star Trek was majorly inspired. I mean, but it also you know touched you know something. Uh, um, like um, Doctor Who, uh, and we had you know, and and you know, because I'm a huge TV watching individual, I, it was cool seeing um, Earl Holliman, who was in um, Police Woman, Sergeant mm-hmm. Bill Crowley, oh, and, we, right. and, and we also saw Oscar Goldman. Oscar Goldman, yeah, yeah. I, thought, yes. I thought so. Yep, he was uh, Captain uh, Captain Quinn. Um, you know, Richard Anderson. So that was, so yeah, so all those little nuggets as well kind of really made this uh, great viewing for me. Derek? Um, I'm going to give it six marshmallows. Uh, five for pretty much everything Vanetta said. I mean, it almost verbatim. I can okay. see where all the other influences of shows that I actually like came from this one wasn't that hot for me and the extra marshmallow is for what legionnaire said about seeing all of these people that i grew up watching because i was a huge bionic mm-hmm. fan and i was like oh my god that's richard anderson is james <laughs> gonna show up because that would have helped but she didn't <laughs> <laughs> jamie was too busy fighting the sasquatch 
<laughs> I would have been satisfied if, if if Shaolin had shown up. Mm. <laughs> Stephanie Powers, not Sandy Duncan. No shade right. to Sandy Duncan. <laughs> Stephanie right. Powers was the answer. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it the movie seven uh, stars because I enjoyed it. I like the effects. Um, I thought it was well acted. It wasn't too much melodrama. And I just, I like the pacing of it. I like the pacing of it. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. I might bump it up to 7.5, actually. Okay, so last but certainly not least, Damien Nova. Yeah, because you forgot about me for a second. That's not no, right. This, mm. this, <laughs> okay, so look. I was so glad that you actually liked something that we reviewed. That I'm oh, that's not fair. That's okay. not fair. <laughs> it might not be fair, but it's true. So I liked things that we did. I mean, the last time I was on the show, we did Christmas stuff. I don't like Christmas. So, I mean, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, 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 so no. I, I didn't forget about you, so. I am I am a sci-fi purist, and I feel like this movie influenced so many things, and it's so good for the time that it came out. It's so well acted. It, it's the special effects are kind of amazing for the time, um, and I would give it a solid nine point five marshmallows. Um, wow! And it only it only loses a half point because of the rapiness. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but other right. than but other other than, I mean I mean pretty much everything in the fifties forties and thirties had some sort of rape rape in it um but the 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 idea behind it the just everything about it is just something that I can watch over and over and over again and um yeah love this movie hard. All right. I can watch it again, too. I did, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it. All right, everyone. It's time for everyone to report back to their cabins. Your bunk beds are waiting for you. Join us next time for a brand new installment of Summer Camp. Once again, here's one of our campers on our PA system with a few announcements on how you can interact with us via social media. Thank you for the intro. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Poppy Chula Radio Summer Camp and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash p-c-r summer camp. Follow us on Tumblr, summer camp dash p-c-r dot tumblr.com follow poppy chula radio on social media we are on facebook instagram tumblr twitter and youtube at poppy chula radio do you have any questions suggestions comments or concerns email us via contact at poppychularadio.com help support poppy chula radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppy chula radio Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? 
Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Now, back to you, Camp Counselors. Thank you. My fellow Camp Counselors, please wish our campers and the listeners a good night. Go give yourself an oil job. (laughs) A new job. What do you think I've been doing the whole show? (laughs) Remember, campers, if you do not speak English, I'm at your disposal with 187 other languages, along with their various dialects and subtongues. Oh. All right. I'm going to go get into this Kentucky bourbon. And luckily, I will not have a hangover tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) <laughs> said, bye. <laughs> all right thanks for tuning in good night and lights out